This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's get things going on a Friday, a victory Friday for the afternoon show. And it feels so good. How about them Calgary Lushes? Woo! Annual Beer League broadcast going down last night. Windsport Event Center. And not... Not to be I told you so guy, but I I told you so. Aaron Vickers, my co-host, who's been filling in all week for the wonderful Pat Steinberg. Aaron, I've I've been on this train since day one. The Calgary, the Calgary Lushes were going to come out victorious. I was a little closer than we would have liked, but to battle some adversity. But a win is a win. Championships last forever. And last night we capped it off with uh, an outstanding after party at Wild Rose Brewery. And we get to celebrate while the uh, morning show gets to wallow in their own pity. I just assumed your side kept it tight to keep the ratings up. Keep everybody oh, engaged. Because sure. a 10-1 blowout, no, you good. tune out in the second period, but... When you a man amount mass make a massive comeback, gets the people going. We spot them a couple goals. Make sure that you know the fans have something to cheer about, right? It was just one of those nights. And uh, congratulations to the Calgary Lushes. We had a, an outstanding time last night at the Windsport Event Center. The script almost mirrored that of the uh, the Calgary Hitman and the Regina Pats game that we talked about earlier this week. Yeah. Lushes get down 3 nothing. They battle back. Whalers take another lead. Lushes battle back. We go to a shootout. Cron was there doing Brent Cron things. Paul Cruz. Paul Cruz, by the way, took two massive falls in that game. <laughs> I did witness one of those, yeah. Yeah. He, he had a little little puck grabbing device, which was uh which was something. And, uh, look, we just had an, an outstanding time last night. And, uh, Cam, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. The, uh, the Beer League game is available on podcast. That is correct. It is up for your streaming pleasures. So uh, wherever you get your, uh, your Sportsnet podcast, you can find that one. Uh, if you'd like to go back and listen last night, Russick and Rose on the call. I was between the benches with some uh, on-the-ice perspective. Brody, Alex Brody from Brody on the Beat. He was out in the stands chatting with fans and uh, just an overall great night. Thanks to everybody that came out and enjoyed the evening with us. The crowd was awesome. I think every dad in the stands, Vickers, had a sign made for him, which was awesome to see. So the dads got some love. We had some intense moments between the two teams that the referees did absolutely nothing to quell. And uh, we just had a a really fun time last night. Well, there's two... Key questions that I have that sure. you, you haven't answered yet. And one, 
When does the banner raise? I assume it's somewhere in this room as we speak. It goes up, maybe over here in the corner. That's yeah, one. I think that's a smart idea. Number two, what's the punishment for Russick and Rose? What do they got to do for the uh, for the afternoon guys? I have to figure that out when Pat's back. We'll have to uh, we'll have to figure it out. Matt uh, and and George took their fair share of ribbing last night at the hands of the Lushes when we were at Wild Rose, as one should, as they should, exactly. Um, but uh, we had worked something out with uh, with the afternoon show and we'll uh, with the morning show, I should say. So we'll uh, we'll see how they pay up on that one. So now, what made you so confident in the Lushes, even when they're staring down a three zero deficit in the first period? Um, they were actually, and this is, you know, way too analysis driven for what we saw on the ice last night. I actually thought the Lushes had the better chances last night. The Whalers just put them in early. And plus I was led to believe that there was a hot dog machine in the Whalers locker room, which sounds great, but I mean, as anyone that's consumed hot dogs, on a regular basis, knows gets to weigh on you a little bit heading into the third period, right? I don't know how many intermission dogs the Whalers went through, but that's gonna that's gonna slow you down as the game goes on. I'm not sure that that's the same as refueling with like Gatorade or BioSteel or whatever. Now, was that by their own doing, or was that a uh, a Trojan horse, a present? Sent from the lushes across the uh, no. This is a very uh, it's a very Whalers thing. That's oh. one of their uh, their key signatures to their team is oh. they they love to crush hot dogs and uh, brewskis in their locker room. So you think they would have been more prepared for it? But yeah, big night. You got a lot of nerves going, mixing with the hot dog juices. It it just wound up being a uh, a fatal combination for. For a couple of them. You're just one body check away from disaster, it sounds like. You could have been, for sure. A hundred percent. But, hey, it was actually, it was a fantastic night. I got nothing but good things to say about both teams. Um, The the Whalers were an absolute great team to hang out with. They're a bunch of fun dudes, and they had so much fun with the whole thing. They had a bus that brought, a little party bus that brought them to the game. Uh, They were just a bunch of, of really fun dudes. Uh, Tom Mickert, their captain, was an absolute beauty of a man. We were talking between the benches all afternoon and throughout the game. So uh, both sides were absolutely great. So thanks to both teams for coming out uh, and enjoying it. We're going to do this again next year. I don't know what the, the format will be, if we'll change venues up, but uh, we had a ton of fun. And uh, as uh, as it should be, the afternoon show won, and that's how it always should be. And someone asked 960-960, what is a hot dog machine? Uh, it's like essentially if you go into like a convenience store that has those rollers or any old arena ever. Yeah. It's just, it's like a smaller mobile version of that that they can plug in and, uh, take to their respective locker rooms. I don't know where you would find it, but they've got one. I want to see the condiments cart that, that accompanies that because if you're bringing that into your room, you're not just going hot dog and bun. Like there is going to be. Mustard, mayo, ketchup, relish. I wonder if they have a little cheese machine, mm. maybe mix in some chili. Like yeah. that, you could get really disastrous you if you really wanted could. to. Yes. So uh yeah, so that's what uh that's what I mean when I I don't know what else to call it, like a roller maybe, but yeah, that's that's the best words I can come up with was the, the hot dog machine. So. They're, they're not cooking it in a pot, they're not boiling water. No, and tossing no, they're them in. doing it right for sure, and I appreciate that. So 
Uh, again, congratulations to the Lushes. Shout out to the guys on the Wheeler on the Whalers. Excuse me, they were honestly such a great group of guys. We had so much fun not only during the game but at Wild Rose. Uh, and shout out to Wild Rose for having us again last night and uh, partaking in the event. It was so much fun. And uh, of course, Tuxedo Source for Sports for uh, getting the boys looking good with some uh, some jerseys for both sides, some custom jerseys so that everyone could feel and, and look like a pro. It might not have been pro hockey on the Ice Vickers, but at least they looked the part. That's half the battle. It certainly was in warm-up when it was the – correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe it was the Lushes coming out with the wigs and headbands. Yes, yeah. That's, that uh, that's was the, intimidating. It's a signature move by them, right? Everybody's got their their thing, whereas the Whalers go with the hot dogs and have their sort of traits. The the Lushes had their own, and it was uh, it was a pretty killer evening, so – uh, tonight uh, on your TVs, you'll see a different version of talent. It's it, it'll be a little different than what you saw at, at Winsport if you were not there better, last just night. different. Yeah, not better. We're not going to define things like that. But uh, this evening, Mister Vickers is uh, we're a couple uh, call it an hour or so away from uh, the NHL Skills Competition. The All Star Break is officially on for all teams in the NHL and we have seven events tonight that are going to be on the uh, Sportsnet television network from South Florida and some interesting ones look we're not going to get heavy on analysis here but there's a couple of fun ones we're going to mix in best bets in this as well and look if you're looking for something to do on a on a Friday night and you you want to watch at least the NHL's trying some new stuff with this I'm pretty interested. I'm not going to lie. I'm curious. I was very curious last year in Vegas when they brought out some Vegas-themed events for the skills competition. They've done the same in sunny Florida, and I am just so curious because I can only visualize it at this point. I don't know exactly how it's going to come together, but this NHL pitch and puck, this half golf, half hockey hybrid featuring an island green and the team that's able to sink their puck slash ball i'm curious to see how it plays out but the first team to get it in the hole and of course the fewest strokes wins in my head i'm playing it i have no idea if that's how it translates in real life but i'm super curious to see how it goes down and you've got johnny gaudreau clayton keller jason robertson and nick suzuki playing so you've got some players on the younger side of the demographic that are sure to be entertaining through all this I wonder the chirping, I wonder the chipping, so on and so forth. To me, that's going to be the marquee event. That's the one I'm going to tune into. No disrespect to hardest shot, fastest skater, accuracy shooting, so on and so forth. But I like these. You can call them a gimmick event. They are 100% a gimmick event, Mm. but it's already got me. I'm all in on this pigeon puck. Yeah, seven events tonight, as Aaron mentioned. There's a couple of the classic ones that you're used to, hardest shot, fastest skater, uh, accuracy shooting that you've known throughout the years, but add into that a breakaway challenge that sees former Panthers goaltender Roberto Luongo re-entering the net, going up against Mitch Marner, David Pasternak, Matthew Kachuk, and the team of Ovechkin Crosby, the only team in the event. (laughs) You have stuff like that. You have the NHL splash shot. You have uh, Tendi Tandem, which is being recreated. You mentioned Pitch and Puck. There's a, a whole lot of these. Some of them, I think, you're, you're going to run the risk of some of them not being as great as you hope. Because they tried, I think I remember it was in St. Louis a couple years ago. 
and they had the Kachuk brothers there, and they had that Plot. big inflatable. I think they had a couple of them on the ice, and you couldn't really. They were up in the stands yeah, shooting were, them yeah, there. Yeah. They had a really hard time. The guys had a really hard time getting it into the to the individual nets, but it was also hard to tell on TV what was kind of happening. So I think that they're going to try and do their best. And I look, I applaud them for trying something. The All-Star Games and these things can get so stale, right? The home run derby and the dunk contest, they never need to be changed. They are by definition what you come to see, right? Like that's what you want when you go to a basketball game, an NBA game. You want, I want to see somebody like Shaq break the backboard on an incredible windmill dunk. Or if I go to a baseball game, I want to see Aaron Judge or Vladdy Guerrero Jr. smash a baseball into orbit. Those are easy sells. Hockey, it's it's not it's kind of a mix of things, and you have to get kind of creative with what you're doing. Yeah, you have to put three or four staple events together that are just standard. Here's the skill. Here's what you've got to do. And that's what fastest skater is. That's what hardest shot is. That's what accuracy shooting is. But because the NHL doesn't have the marquee slam dunk, they don't have the marquee home run derby, it allows you to play with it a little bit. And you can get incredibly silly. You can turn a golf hole into a half golf, half hockey hybrid event. Mm. You can take this splash shot, which I think may or may not involve a dunk tank at some point, and you can have <laughs> it a go at it. Yeah. And if it flops, it flops. Yeah. But you hope that if the event goes a little sour or is a little bit boring, you have the personalities in said event to keep things flowing, to keep things going and not drag out. Because at the end of the day, all this is, is entertainment. I mean, for the NHL, it's a massive marketing event, massive sponsorship event. But from a fan perspective, all you want to do is be entertained by a couple hours. And if that involves seeing someone like Sidney Crosby splashed in a dunk tank, I'm here for it. I want to see somebody go down at the expense of somebody else. And I want to see the chirping. I want to see some things go back and forth. And if you can get a few of these uh, players to, to buy into the entertainment value and make it a spectacle and make it a little bit of a rivalry and get some chirps in here and there, I think you've accomplished what you want to if you're the NHL. Yeah, and I just applaud the the effort in it too and the effort in trying different things because a, a lot of these look you know from marketing perspective like you said a lot of these would be hard coverage you know, what if this flaw what if this doesn't turn out right you are taking a chance that it doesn't work out perfectly and it can kind of wind up coming back at you in a negative way but at least they're trying something right i mean like the nfl has been stale for for far too long. Yeah. They're finally changing it up, and they're in the midst of their, you know, Pro Bowl weekend themselves, and it, it's taken forever. But it hasn't still raised the bar or raised the needle of attention for a whole lot of people when it comes to that. So I'm just down for the fact that they're trying more. So that's uh, exciting. That gets going. So I'm I'm all in on the pitch and puck. I'm not going to yeah. pretend like anything else is there. Text in nine sixty nine sixty at what might grab you in the skills competition. For you, Logan Gordon, what's going to glue your eyes to the TV tonight? Oh, you know what? I'm intrigued by the Tendi tandem here that they've got going. Because okay. um, on top of it being a, a fun event, we've got some of our best uh, female hockey stars from around the world joining us 
Alex Carpenter, Hillary Knight, Emily Clark, Rebecca Johnson, Sarah Nurse getting in on this one. It also involves the goalies getting to shoot in this one and perhaps setting their partner up for failure or success, depending on how accurate they are. So I'm kind of down for that. And I think goalies are one of those ones. Like, we want to use, for example, a guy that we have here all the time. You heard him all this week, Brent Cron. Goalies are an interesting breed of characters. And I think because of the position they play, we sometimes don't always see that personality and we don't always get a chance to to do that. But how fun has it always been when, you know, we've put a GoPro on these guys or you've mic'd them up during games. They've got a bit of personality, and I think this could be a fun event to show some of that off. It's funny you mentioned that because I'm also staring at the NHL Breakaway Challenge, and you mentioned it. Celebrity goaltender. You went former Florida Panthers goalie, which is fair because the event is in Florida. Yes. Also former Vancouver Canucks goaltender, Roberto Luongo, the celebrity goalie for that event. I wonder, will they have him mic'd up? And will they have him mic'd up on delay? I don't know the status of his groins or his ability to tend a goal these days. I did see that in, in an alumni game, NHL versus Florida Panthers. He played as a forward, I believe. I, I do think he took the opening face off. But Roberto Luongo, the goalie, I think, has the ability to steal the show in the NHL breakaway challenge over the likes of Mitch Marner, as you mentioned, David Pasternak, Matthew Kachuk, and the curious tandem of Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby. I just wonder, can you mic up Roberto Luongo for that? Because that, to me, would be must-see TV. 100%. And this is a good opportunity for us, too, to mix in a regular uh, part of the afternoon show here as uh, some of these competitions are available for, uh, for you to put some prop bets on tonight. Uh, so we're going to uh, incorporate our best bets here on Flamestock. Uh, it's brought to you by Bodog.net. Uh, find your next favorite game at bodog.net. Hashtag make a play. Free play only. 18 plus play responsibly. So only three of these events, the classics, are up for uh, your betting odds tonight, uh, Aaron. So we're only going to go through the three that you can bet on if you want to put some money down on some of the classic events. And I understand that some of these are so out of yeah, out of whack. It would be impossible to come up with odds as to who, who, what, and what pairing is going to win Tendy Tandem. You have, yeah. there's no way to, to no. do that. But uh, things like hardest shot, accuracy shooter, and uh, fastest skater are up for grabs here. So we're going to go head to head on best bets today. We'll see who comes out on top uh, following this weekend. What do you want to start? I'm start with accuracy shooter. Yeah. That's got the most. Um, players up for bet here. So uh, let's start with that one. Where are you going on accuracy shooting? I can tell you, first of all, where I'm not going, and that's Artemi Panarin because he did say today... Because <laughs> he sewered himself and on And I'm paraphrasing a little bit because I don't have the quote in front of me, but he said something to the likes of, I have 12 goals this year. I have no idea what I'm doing in this event. <laughs> so sorry, Artemi, you're out for me. I am, however, going to... Slap the proverbial cash on Jack Hughes at plus 400. That's my first bet. Jack Hughes. I like that one. That's a sneaky good one. He comes in uh, tied as the presumptive favorite. Yeah, so not a huge stretch. Don't get me wrong. No. I'm not reaching for it. He no. is tied as the favorite, but I'm no. going Jack Hughes. I like that one. Um, There was a lot here, uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Nikita Kucherov. Okay. He is my pick for accuracy shooting. I think he's... 
a classically underrated player. I think he's got a sneaky good shot, and I think he could be one of those guys that really comes out and and perform. Hey, he's in his home state too, right? He's not that far off. I know it's it's a Panthers themed event, but it's not like he's he might get booed. He might get booed. Maybe there's some extra motivation for him. He's coming in at plus seven fifty, the fifth highest ranked player in the accuracy shooting according to Bodog. Okay, so you go Jack Hughes for accuracy. I'm taking Kucherov. We'll go fastest skater next where, guess what? Connor McDavid is not in the event. So there's no, uh, I mean, Kale McCarr comes in as the favorite in this, but I don't think there's anybody that's running the table quite as much as Connor would go. Although he hasn't won the past couple of years, if, oh, I'm, I guess if that's I'm remembering true. correctly. I didn't do any Kale homework on this. No, but I didn't either. He has uh, been beaten recently. Who do you like on Skater? Are you going to let me go first? Yeah, I went no, first last. Ahead. Okay. Yeah, oh, dealer's choice here. Go I'm ahead. going I'm going Dylan Larkin, who has won the event before. He's not the favorite coming in. He's plus 250. Kale McCarr, as you mentioned, the favorite at plus 225. But give me the Detroit Red Wings forward. I think, uh, I think he might have some hops tonight. Uh, I am totally copping out. I'm going with the Calgary kid. I mean, that's I fair. I think Kale McCarr is going to be your winner for fastest skater. Plus 225. All right. Last but not least, hardest shot. Five participants. Two of them tied at the top. Ovechkin, Pedersen with the same odds. You then go Morrissey, Darlene, and Jones on the outside looking in. Where are you going for hardest shot? You know what? I'm taking Seth Jones. Plus 600. Ooh. He is tied with Rasmus Dahlin of the Buffalo Sabres for the worst odds. However, I think he might be the tallest in this event. Him and Dahlin actually might uh, mm. might rival each other in that. But I'm going Seth Jones. I think that he can hammer the puck. I think he's sneaky good in that sense. I think he's good value at plus 600. I'm going to go with Josh Morrissey on this one. You're going I, local. I do think that there's something about... I do have a, an inkling that Ovechkin wins this thing. It's just kind of been his year for for doing records and all that sort of stuff. And he is very good at this. But I, I kind of like I kind of like Morrissey. He's having a great offensive season. He's in Norris conversations. I think he's got a sneaky good shot, and I think maybe he's going to uh, impress tonight. Now, do you want to walk back your accuracy shooting and keep it completely local? Because Nazem Kadri is on the board <laughs> at plus 1,200. So you could have the Calgary Flame... And two Calgary kids in this in this event, if you wanted to. In this no, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna back it up. I'm gonna okay. go local in two Trust your and uh, too far from local in uh, accuracy shooting. So uh, our best bets uh, for All Star uh, Skills Competition today: uh, accuracy shooting. Uh, Vickers goes Jack Hughes plus four hundred. I'm going Nikita Kucherov plus seven fifty. Fastest skater Vickers goes Dylan Larkin of the Red Wings plus two fifty. I'm taking the Calgary kid Kale McCarr plus two twenty five. And hardest shot. Both of us going with defensemen. Uh, Aaron goes with Seth Jones of the Blackhawks. I'm taking Josh Morrissey of the Winnipeg Jets. Jones plus 600. Morrissey coming in at plus 325. That's best bets. And it's brought to you by Bodog.net. Find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Hashtag make a play. Free play only. 18 plus. Play responsibly. When we come back on the other side, we'll check in with one of our friends from Sportsnet.ca who's enjoying the fine weather down in Florida and get a look in on some of the events and the latest happenings at the All-Star Weekend in Florida. That's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It is Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers along with you this afternoon. Happy Friday. It is Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Coming at you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. NHL All-Star festivities are upon us. The All-Stars have arrived in Florida. They've been getting some sun, some beach vibes going on, Vickers. Looks like it's uh, it's a blast, and they're finally getting set to, to hit the ice uh, tonight for the NHL skills competition, and uh, the All-Star game goes tomorrow. And before you know it, we're going to be back at it in action on uh, Monday evening. It's felt like a minute and about a decade at the same time between Calgary Flames games for me. I don't know about you, <laughs> yeah, but for it me. Sure, it sure has. And that's that happens for us because the Flames, one of the beneficiaries of a extended all-star break. So we've been in all-star break mode for a while. It's just now the rest of the league is catching up and uh, all the players are rocking this year's edition of the reverse retros. And we're getting set for what should be uh, a fun evening across the Sportsnet television network. And uh, whenever these sort of events go down, uh, of course, being the rights holders uh, in Canada, we send uh, a number of our fine writers uh, to go and cover the event and check out what's going on around the All-Star game this year. One of those uh, lovely gentlemen who got to uh, experience uh, the fine Florida weather is uh, our own Ryan Dixon from Sportsnet.ca. Uh, he's got a couple of his latest up uh, on the website for you to check out, including his NHL All-Star Notebook, and uh, he's kind enough to give us some time this afternoon. Down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Ryan, how are you this afternoon? Yeah, good. Managed to not get sunburned yet, so things are going well. <laughs> good to hear, man. Uh, what are the uh, excitement levels like in Florida? It looks like it's been a pretty well-attended uh, event so far. Yeah, I was down at uh, where they had the fan fest at the beach today, and for sure, you know, like in that area, there's lots of people. I was in the merchandise tent, and it was, you know, it was bumping. There's lots of people lining up for autographs, and, you know, obviously not just from Florida, but from all over. You see, you know, people repping their blue jackets and devils and leafs and everything. I think I saw a Calgary Stampeders hat today, too, to be honest <laughs> with you. So uh, we're, we're even taking it beyond the NHL. So. Yeah, there, uh, there's definitely, um, you know, a bit of a vibe down there where, um, where this festival is happening. And for those not super familiar with the Florida geography, the, the, uh, the rink itself and like where the, I'm here for the skills comp and where the game are, it's about 40 minutes from Fort Lauderdale where all the, the sort of fun and the media day and the beaching is happening. So, uh, you know, the, the events are kind of um, separate, but uh, the last couple days, that's where, the vibe has been in in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Now we're here at the rink for, I guess, the uh, the real deal. I was gonna say, Ryan, I'm a little upset at your Twitter account at Dixon on Sports because all I see is sand, sun, and palm trees. I'm looking out a window and I see snow. So first of all, I needed to just get that out of there. Second thing, how many Matthew Kachuk jerseys are you seeing down there, and how many of them are Florida Panthers jerseys, and how many of them are Calgary Flames jerseys? I haven't seen a, I haven't seen a Flames one yet, but there's definitely some some jerseys and jerseys with Kachuk. I mean, I, I don't think there's any mistaking that he's he's pretty happy down here. I, you know, I think he views it as a pretty good lifestyle move. And uh, you know, I, I understand the audience I'm talking to, but I have to be honest, I can't see why as well. I mean, it's funny. Like people talk about all oh, people how much they would love it here, but you know, go back a few years. Jay Bowmeister couldn't wait to leave and come to Calgary, right? Like it really comes down to what you're into and if weather is a huge thing for you 
Um, you know, you can certainly see the appeal, but you know, there's, there's different lifestyle, um, different, you know, appeal to different places. And, you know, there's lots of guys who have historically wanted to come to the Florida's and the Tampa's and the LA. Um, but I also know of a few who've been, been pretty happy to get out mm-hmm. and get, uh, you know, into, into different spots. So to bring it back to, to Kachuk, I do think, you know, he's, he's doing well down here and, you know, obviously the, the Panthers, this has not been a banner season for them, but you can't pin it on him. You know, he's basically tracking another hundred point season after his career year with the flames last year. So, you know, he's, he has delivered everything they could have asked for or more. It's just uh, what they've got around him hasn't worked out as well as I think they'd hoped. One of your latest uh, up at sportsnet.ca, your NHL All-Star Notebook. And uh, as always with these events, it's also a chance for the guys to, you know, see media from all across the NHL and from, you know, national broadcasters and, you know, bring some of those storylines that are maybe followed in their local markets more to a national front. And uh, the biggest one that you talk about in your your notebook is and the first one there is about Dylan Larkin and the fact that he doesn't have a contract extension yet from the Detroit Red Wings. It's an interesting situation there, Ryan, because as he's talked about, he wants to be a Red Wing and he sees himself being a Red Wing, but there's still work to be done between the two sides. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of us from the outside looking in, this is one we just put on the board, right? Because it's the uh, the Michigan boy who grew up cheering for the Red Wings who became you know, drafted by the team and, and became the captain. And you just kind of assume like, oh, this one will get done. And, and I'm not saying it won't. And, and Larkin certainly wasn't saying uh, it won't. As you noted, I mean, he's very upfront about the fact that he sees himself as a Red Wing. But, you know, you can tell that he's wrestled a bit with how things have gone uh, so far in his career. And, you know, as he said, um, during the, there's been some, some bad days and bad seasons. And, and, and during those times, you know, your mind does go to to different places and, and you start to think about, well, what if I was on a good team and playing with better players, how much better of a player would I be? And, you know, he did, he talked at length about the Red Wings system. He clearly uh, is encouraged by, you know, Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider coming in there. And, and I think even some guys in the pipeline that haven't even made it to uh, the big club yet. So, I mean, put it this way, it's sure. I, I got the impression that, that was a guy who's going to explore every avenue possible to, to make it work with the Red Wings. Um, but they're not over the, the goal line yet, right? They've still got uh, a little ways to go. I think one of the curious storylines coming into the All-Star game and the All-Star weekend was Bo Horvat, obviously moving from the Vancouver Canucks to the New York Islanders. And the curiosity, I guess, around would he stay in the Pacific Division? Would they double patch him with the All-Stars on both shoulders? They, they've given him the Islanders logo for the Pacific division. I just find it super curious, but what's been your impression of Bo, Ho- Bo Horvat and what he's about to face with the New York Islanders as it relates to this weekend? Yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen him personally, but I did see Brock Nelson of the Islanders uh, yesterday. And he was like, I literally met Bo Horvat two minutes before I came out to talk to you guys. Um, but I told him that he's going to be a huge part of our team and, you could tell how excited he was. And, you know, he said, I think he was on vacation with a couple of the other Islanders when they found out. And, you know, I think they all, their, you know, I don't know if their jaws dropped, but I think they were, uh, it certainly got their attention that their team had made a, a trade of that magnitude. And yes, it is kind of a unique uh, situation as it uh, relates to the all-star game right now. I was, I actually, to be honest with you, didn't even know exactly what they were going to suit them up in and that's, that was what uh, Brock Nelson said yesterday, I guess, before anyone knew. He's like, well, I'll be curious to see what gear he's wearing. So uh, there's definitely been some jokes about it. But, 
you know, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Horvat and all the Islanders are, you know, not necessarily anxious for their break to end, but when they do get back, you know, there'll be uh, a little more excitement there as that team, you know, they're on the outside looking in right now, trying to get into the, to the Eastern conference playoffs. And, you know, that's a shot in the arm for sure. And we'll see, I mean, obviously there's been lots of extension speculation and, you know, well before Horvat got traded, more than one person mentioned to me that it, it sounds like he's the kind of guy, you know, he does have a young family who, if he thinks the situation is a right one, the right one, I think he would put his, uh, he would put pen to paper. So we'll see. Maybe he, maybe he makes it to the, to the summer in the open market, but it sure sounds like he's a guy who I think if he goes in there and, and it feels like a good spot and he believes in the team, then maybe you could see that, you know, seven or eight year extension come down the, the pike before too long. This might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but some photos are starting to circulate around Twitter of Horvat in the Fish Dicks reverse retro New York Islanders jersey. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to see it or not yet, but is that weird, the fact that we're seeing him in that jersey? That's his first image of the New York Islanders is in that fisherman jersey? He's, he's channeling strong Ziggy Palfy energy. Yeah, <laughs> good ball. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's so funny I find the the cyclical nature of taste or how like when something comes out, it was universally panned. Then it goes away for 18 years. You bring it back and hit the nostalgia bone. And people are like, God, I love the fish sticks. Like you forget that <laughs> like they were reviled when they came out. I can't even remember how long they wore them for, but I feel like it was at most two years before it was like, uh, we're going to have to change this. Like we're, we're having a fan revolt because people are still up in arms about this uniform, but switch the coloring scheme around and, and give it 20 years. And all of a sudden people are like, Oh, these are the best. Uh, one of the, you know, special stories that you always come through when you get weekends like this is, you know, this year for sure, Ryan, one you mentioned in your article was the, the special weekend for Kevin Hayes, uh, and his family, obviously, uh, you know, Hayes has always been close with the, the Kachuk family, Matthew and Brady, his longtime friend and teammate, Keith Yandel, now part of the media group, does stuff with us at Sportsnet and is hanging out in Florida, but even more so. Uh, his brother's uh, son, Bo, Jimmy's uh, son, Bo, is there with him and experiencing this all with Kevin Hayes this weekend. Could you just give us a sense of how special this was for Kevin and, you know, sort of the well of emotions that this guy is going through this weekend? Yeah, it was pretty clear when, uh, I mean, right off the, the hop when he was talking to the media yesterday, Yandel was right in there uh, with the jokes and prodding him and uh, alluding to candle collections, which I was downright confused by, but I I was like, is this an inside joke these guys have or what? But, uh, yeah, he was in there lightening the mood. But, of course, any, you know, any time uh, anything about his brother or his family came up, you know, you could just see on his face. And, you know, for, for all the first-time guys here, I mean, as much as people kind of roll their eyes at the All-Star game, when it's, your, when it's your first one, for sure, you know, it's a pretty great experience. And, you know, it's, it's obviously that much more meaningful for him and to have the entire family here with him uh, to see him go out there and be among the sports elite. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know that you can really capture what I think that's going to, to mean to him and, you know, obviously the whole family's been through so much. So a lot of excitement, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a few tears at different times too. Um, maybe, you know, not necessarily in front of the cameras, but when they're alone, uh, you know, having their private moments, just thinking about what this, means for them and what it would have meant to Jimmy because as Kevin said yesterday this is this is the one thing he wanted for him with the Kraken All-Star team and and he's done it there are a lot of young stars at the All-Star game I think that goes without saying Connor McDavid Jack Hughes 
Kale McCarr, Kevin Fiala, Andrei Svechnikov, Dylan Larkin, so on and so forth. But I'm curious because there's a couple of, I guess you can call them wily vets at this point in Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. Just curious, what kind of draw those two names still are around the league and at this event? Well, I mean, just the reverence that is in people's voices, players, coaches at this point, when they talk about those two is, is incredible. And, uh, you know, it's still almost thinking with Ovi because he comes out and sits down, you know, he's basically got the full head of gray hair at this point, And it just hits home yeah. how long, you know, this <laughs> is, I think, what, year 18 for both of them. And, you know, Pete DeBoer was talking, uh, someone asked him about Sidney Crosby yesterday, and he just kind of shook his head. And he's like, you know, I had him at a World Junior when he was 16. I coached against him and lost the, the final to him in 20, uh, sorry, two, uh, 2000, uh, way back. He had him as a 16-year-old at WJC. 2016, obviously, Sharks lose the Penguins um, and Crosby. And, you know, DeBoer had him at a world championship somewhere along the line. And he's like, you know, he's basically playing as good or better than ever. And he said, you know, when you combine the skill, the leadership, the determination, you know, the name he dropped was Michael Jordan. <laughs> like, he's like, that's wow. the... That's the, the stratosphere he's in, right? That's where this guy is at at, at 35 years old. And, yeah, you know, an- another uh, question that was getting tossed at guys is, you know, do you think Ovi's going to catch Wayne Gretzky? And at this point, it, it obviously feels like pretty much a done deal. He will retire the greatest goal scorer in, in NHL history. So, you know, I, I think the players, uh, they do enjoy being around those guys. And, you know, they're both still playing at such a high level at this age. But, you know, their, their body of work commands so much respect and, um, and they get it. They get it from, from all the players and, and all the coaches here. One wrinkle in the uh, skills competition coming up, NHL Breakaway Challenge. You have Mitch Marner, David Pasternak, Matthew Kachuk, and then the combination of Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby teaming up together. Any insight on what to expect? Because this one has me curious. Absolutely no idea, but I am kind of banking on you go into something like this being like, all right, what am I going to write about? And I'm like, all right, I hope this is the moment of the night. And it just becomes obvious. Like this, this was the thing that everyone's going to be talking about the, the longtime rivals who I think at this point are, are they frenemies? I don't know what the best way it seems like. I think Ovi said yesterday that when they're both retired, they're, you know, they're going to sit down for sure and have a couple beers together, but obviously the nature of the relationship has, has changed. I mean, if the Caps played the Penguins in the, in the playoffs again, that would certainly go right back out the window. But, you know, I do think Ovechkin winning that cup too, even though Crosby still got a more decorated um, resume, you know, Ovi winning that cup, I think just validated everything so much. And I, I don't know. I just feel like it allowed him to, to kind of, you can let go of, of a lot of stuff once you get that ring on, you know, and you don't have to, carry around the baggage of oh well these two players well one never won and one did like even if Crosby's got the gold medal and the three cups and the whatever um compared to Ovi's one it's still I just think you know elevates him up into that um into that realm where there's no yeah but when you're talking about this guy and again there shouldn't be because as I just said he's gonna retire probably the all-time leading goal scorer in NHL history but we'll see I'm I'm sort of banking on that with uh celebrity goalie and um, proud Floridian and Panther legend, of course, uh, Roberto Luongo strapping the pads back on for that. It should be fun. I'm not saying we're going to see it, but on a scale from 1 to 10, how blasphemous would it be if Ovechkin came out for that breakaway challenge in a Crosby jersey and Crosby was wearing an Ovechkin jersey? (laughs) Maybe they'll have, like, you know, when the parents 
who have kids on two teams. They like are on <laughs> each team jersey. together. Yeah, maybe we'll see that. <laughs> Ryan, thanks so much for the time today, man. Really do appreciate it. I know you got uh, a lot going on. You've got uh, a couple of events to cover tonight. Thanks for the time. Enjoy your time in Florida, man. We'll catch up with you when you're back, eh? Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryan Dixon joining us uh, from Sportsnet.ca. He is live in Florida getting set for the NHL skills competition. It'll be uh, across the Sportsnet television network coming up uh, in just a few moments. You want to find Ryan's stuff, always head to Sportsnet.ca, or you can find him on Twitter at Dixon on Sports. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We'll kick off Hour 2 with a conversation looking ahead to the Calgary Flames schedule post-All-Star break. Before you know it, the weekend will be over. We'll be back to things. We'll be back in action for the Calgary Flames with a game on Monday against the New York Rangers. What do we need to see from this team in the final 32 games when they kick it off on Monday night? Me and Aaron Vickles will dive into that. That's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.